Longtime morning show producer Cass Bowen announced this is her last week at the station. So we're going to talk to her a little bit. Cass, how long have you been producing now at KWTO? Um, three and a half years. This All is right. my eighth year on radio, though. We get okay. What did you do before you were producing? Um, all throughout my college years, I worked in music radio on a music radio station, uh, Christian music here radio in Springfield, station. Branson. Ah, got it. Okay, yes. we're gonna ask you a few questions in your three and a half. Actually, we'll do your eight years in radio. Who was your all-time favorite interview? Um, I thought. It and was- by the way, everybody, Cass is not prepared. I'm just firing questions at her. So between. It's between two. When I got to interview Ted Cruz. You know what? You posted pictures, and I had forgotten you did that interview, and I was like, I wondered if that would be the one. It was the by far the biggest interview I've done. The second most impactful interview I ever did was when I got to interview Charlie Kirk the third month I was here because it was the first time that I was sent on location to cover an event for the It's station. interesting. You, you picked Cruz as bigger than Charlie? Yeah, I did. Just because... Um, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I'm getting curious. Getting a cruise which interview I, is difficult. Oh, oh, I've been through the labyrinth of body people that to try to nail down a time and a person. Right, and I got lucky. With Charlie Kirk, though, it was my first big interview. And so it, I, I will always remember how I felt getting to do that and getting... Um, the getting offered. So I went to this Charlie Kirk event at Turning, a Turning Point USA event way back in 2021. And I was there and they, their, his body man came up to me and knew I was with KWTO and they were, that this was when they were negotiating deals to get the Charlie Kirk show on the station, which they did. And they said, Hey, how would you like to go backstage before the event and sit down and have a one-on-one interview with Charlie? And I was like, there's nothing I would love more than that. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. So we did it on a cell phone and we aired it multiple times the next day on the show. It was fantastic. Um, well, and it may be the same question. What's the toughest interview? The toughest interview, it's the interviews with the people who are nervous. So we've had uh, some candidates on yeah. before because there have been who give like one word answers. Yes, and you're like, I can't carry this interview by the. This is a this is a tennis match. I serve you return. Yeah, and I'm not gonna name names, but. There are, it's there your last week. Some, name names. Yeah. <laughs> Gets fired four days before you quit. <laughs> so literally, there has been candidates who have come on, and I have thought that they were going to pass out because they were so nervous. And th- and I've had to do those interviews because I filled in for both Tim and Alex before. And, I love the candidates that come in with prepared notes. Yeah, and you're like, and, oh, throw this and, away. And, and you ask a question, and they just start reading for the page. You're like, you can you're you're like listen. People know that you're reading. You can you could hear the cadence. Yes, absolutely. So those are difficult. But what I think is more difficult than interviews, because I'm pretty okay with interviews, is monologuing by yourself. Talking to yourself is so difficult. And if you're not prepared with a topic beforehand, I I don't know very many people in the business who can do it well. Yeah, it, because. First of all, everybody thinks, oh, I could talk for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, but when you're talking without anybody feeding, feeding you information back, you, there's no yeses or nos or answers. Two, you have to have it coherent. It can't just be stream of consciousness. And three, to, to basically bring it all home into one point where it, it sounds pleasant and people are like, oh, I learned something and I, that was so interesting. I stayed with it for 15 or 20 minutes and then to do it. You know, daily, sometimes twice a day. That is, it's a, it's a learned skill. Nobody just has the ability to just monologue 
naturally. You you have to learn that skill. Yes, and some of the best monologuers I've heard that work for our company, Tim was very good. Randy Tobler is fantastic. I've heard that. You know, I met Randy uh, last Friday for the first time. Great guy. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I always thought that was one of Tim's gifts is the ability to just speak yeah. on a subject for a long period of time and make it interesting. Yeah, with no prior preparation. He has that special talent. But also, he has a special talent of <laughs> when you want to close an interview with Tim, it's difficult <laughs> because he, you can't get him to stop talking. But nothing but respect for him. And, and I worked three of my three and a half years on the station with him. And he taught me everything I know. And that was just a wonderful opportunity. Um, kind of like you with Garrett, how you took Garrett under your wing and you have helped him get plugged into politics and have given him opportunities. That's what Tim did for me. And that's what the station did for me. Cause when Tim had to first start working for me, uh, working with me, I, I was graduating. I'm going to just CFO. remind him he worked for you. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know who the real boss was. Uh, I was had just graduated from CFO. This was my first job out of college, and I didn't know anything. I was not prepared to work in the professional world with big personalities, like political people are the biggest personalities ever. And so I had to grow up really fast. I had to learn how to work with a wide variety of personalities. And uh, I, I will never forget one of the things that Carla, our general manager, said to me early on. She says... Um, never tell me again that you're going to try. You will do. There is no, there is no try. There is only do. And that stuck with me. And so I just decided in that moment I was going to do, and I was going to be successful. I was not going to fail my first job out of college. I was going to do a heck of a job, no matter what I had to learn and no matter how many hours I had to put in learning those skills, I was going to succeed. And those early mornings were hard. They were very difficult um, to get into the habit and the routine of having your alarm go off at 3.30 a.m. every single day. For a young 20-something, that's not an easy task. And to show up every day without fail. But this job taught me the most self-discipline of any experience in my life, and I am so grateful for it. Um, okay, for those of you, th- those who don't know, Cass is going on. You're going to work for the Vite organization. Yeah. Tell our listeners, what is the Vite organization? So, yeah, I, as you guys know, I have just had my first baby, little Finley Grace. She's so sweet. Um, but that changes your life a lot. And I, um, I, I just quickly realized that life with a newborn, I want to be as fully present, present as I possibly can be in those precious, precious early years. And, I do not want to leave my newborn every single day to come in to do radio. Um, as much as I love radio, being a mother will always be more important to me. So I have the opportunity not only to work in a field that I'm extremely passionate about, but to be able to work um, remotely. And I will get to make a living and I will get to raise my daughter at the same time. And there's um there's not very many things that could steal me away from radio, but working in the pro-life movement is one of them. So I am so, if you've been a longtime listener of KWTO, you just, you know how passionate I am about the pro-life movement. It's the number one thing that's most important to me um, in the political sphere. And so uh, the Vitae Foundation, they do um, a lot of work with uh, pregnancy care centers nationwide 
conducting research studies to help them market themselves better and to help them be more successful at what they do, which is saving lives and enabling mothers to um, to be able to live full productive lives in spite of crisis pregnancies um, without having to choose the option of abortion. So uh, I'm excited to work with them and to be able to um, do something I'm, I'm passionate about while being able to stay home with my daughter. Um, the, the Vitae, it, it's actually, it's a, it's a large organization. It's statewide. Um, they're big, you know, unlike people, people don't understand, well, what's, what's the difference between Vitae, Pregnancy Care Center and Choices Medical. Vitae does a lot of, uh, influencing is a dumb word, but the, the idea is to influence people through media and social media to, to choose life. It's not so much for crisis pregnancies. It's more the idea of, of impacting people. Um, so sort of up, up your alley as far as the, the communications, uh, uh, portion of it. Yeah. And I think that, um, because I'm so politically involved, it will really help, um, me to help Vitae, um, network and fundraise within that, um, <clears throat> that political world, um, which I'm excited about. And they experience, so I, I've been a communications director on a campaign and I've worked in radio. And I think that those skills are going to transfer well to what Vitae specifically does which is research studies that um that help those those pregnancy care centers to market themselves better because right now messaging is a real struggle for any right-wing movement and especially the pro-life movement because that is the one thing that i think polarizes people more than anything is that and maybe like lgbtq stuff those are the two things that are so polarizing in our in our culture right now and so um I think that those skills that I've learned here and those communication skills are going to um, hopefully be valuable to what Vita is trying to do. So uh, your last day is Friday? Um, it is. My last day on air um, will be the morning show this Friday, and that is going to be guest hosted by State Representative Bishop Davidson. And he um, has promised me that he's going to try to get me to cry on air. And I was like, <laughs> that's not going to be that hard because... I've cried on air like three times before already. So oh, that's the next question. What what made you cry on air? Um, when Tim left. Ah, gotcha. We were close, and Alex Bryant's doing a fantastic knockout job. Super excited to have the opportunity to have gotten to work with him as well. So this is no hate to him, but um, Tim Jones is probably one of the top five most impactful people that I've ever known in my life. Have has had the most impact on my life of maybe anybody. Him, Congressman Burleson, um, just the things I've learned from them and the opportunities they've given somebody who did not have the experience to be doing what they were doing, but took a chance on me anyways. Um, I'm so thankful to them for that. So, um, yeah, that was one of the days I cried on air. Also, um, I think that there was a day that some tragedy had just happened and it, it really was hard to watch because we were covering it live. Um, and then the, one of the, um, honor flight of the Ozarks radiothon. Oh yeah. Those always get you. Especially Rosie when you have Reed. some of the, I say some of the, some of the people, their stories are so individually impactful. Um, I remember there was one guy particularly I talked to who he, you know, he went to find his, his, uh, I think his dad's name on the wall. And at the same time, he met somebody who was looking for their parents' name on the wall and they found him about the same. So they talked about sharing that moment. I remember just listening to it. Didn't know him, didn't know the names, but man, it was impactful. Rosie Reed got me good. 
Rosie Reed, she um, is a super cool person because you wouldn't guess it because she's the sweet old lady now. But she was a World War II veteran, I believe, or Vietnam, one of the two. And she was like working on spy craft. So she was a top secret decoder of secret messages. Fascinating. I know. I'm like, tell me more. Because I became a criminal justice major because those things fascinated me. And so to hear this this sweet old lady who once had one of the most high clearances, security clearances that you can possibly have and new things that she can never talk about on her deathbed. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's so cool. But. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be back with State Draft Cast. Thanks again for the, the time you've been at the station. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Cast was one of the first people to talk to me about the possibility of, of coming on the station doing a show. So yeah. I always appreciate it. Good luck in your next job. Looking forward to Thank seeing you, you at the VT events. We'll be right back with the Snake Draft. Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Pastor Alex Bryan here. We told you that we have an announcement for the show. And um, Cast, I'm going to let you take it away, my friend. Wow, I don't know where to start. Uh, I started with this show in 2020, and this was my first job out of college. So I remember being a knowing I was a 2020 grad and thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to get a job? It is 2020, everything's shut down. You can't even walk into buildings to apply, right? And so... Nobody was hiring, and so I was like, I'm going to be super proactive with my employment upon graduation. And so I remember at towards the beginning of my last semester at CFO, I put together these very intricate application packages where I had all my letters of recommendation, cover letters, ducks in a row, and I spent a day going door to door to every radio station in Springfield. And I was like, hey, I'm about to graduate from College of the Ozarks. I have four years of radio experience under my belt through CFO's um, radio station. Somebody please hire me. It's in the middle of a pandemic. I know, but please. And lo and behold, this show um, and this station had just been um, bought by a new company, the Zimmers. And they gave me a chance because they needed a producer for this morning show that they had just hired a new host for. Um, little did I know they were in negotiations with Don Luzader as well to bring him over here. And they put together a brand new morning show, me, Tim Jones and Don Luzader. And I was green. I thought that I had radio <laughs> experience. Turns out, that was not the radio experience I needed to be able to be successful. Um, and so I, I got thrown into the fire of talk radio and these guys took me under their wing and were patient with me, taught me what I needed to know. And I was determined not to fail at my first job out of college. And there was one day in the first couple of weeks that I was sitting in a corner crying cause I was overwhelmed. I was getting up at 3.30 in the morning, driving up here to the station, training, driving back to Branson, doing my final exams mm -hmm. at CFO. Yep. And I was like, Don, I'm never going to be able to do this. And he gave me the greatest pep talk of all time. Aww. And here we are 
three and a half years later, working together, and I can say this has been the best way I could possibly imagine to have started my career, um, my political communications um, career. Uh, the the experience that this this job gave me the um, the networking the uh, the knowledge and the self discipline I learned through having to get up this early every single day without fail and work with big personalities and just be able you know have to be on the ball all the time um, I, I'm so thankful for it and I learned so much from Don and Don you were so patient with me through all my life stages up and down and mentored me through it all and uh i know you might not know that i think this but i do mean this when i say i will never forget anything you taught me and i highly value everything you taught me and it will serve me well for the rest of my career appreciate that i really do Um, and it's and just really quickly uh it's been amazing to see how you embraced this format because you wanted to learn so much about it and it almost seems like overnight you went from being someone who is a conservative person to being immersed in conservative politics it almost happened overnight and i know that you put a lot of work into making that happen um you know you are a very recognized person in this state when it comes to conservative politics and uh, and i know that that didn't just happen you put the work into it well, you know who I owe that that part of it to? Um, Tim. Tim, but yeah. actually Nate Lucas. Nate? Who okay. used to host yeah. Springfield's Happy Hour, mm-hmm. which is now the Elijah Har Show. Um, when I was telling him, I'm like, hey, I wanted to do music radio. Now I'm finding myself in this format. What do I do with this? He said, Cass, if you're going to do well at this, you have to do it 100%. Because if you're not 100% immersed in this format, you will not succeed. And so I decided, I, I remember looking him in the eyes and I said, Nate... I do not fail at things. And so (laughs) I, there were the first year I did this, I think I spent like 16 hours a day immersed in content. I would drive into work listening to conservative talk. I would drive home listening to conservative talk. I would go to bed listening to conservative talk. It was my whole life. And so with all of that said, um, I, you know, had a huge life change when I had a baby and I would not change it for the world. I'm so grateful to, you know, be in this new phase of life. But there is just not a world in which I will sacrifice time with um, with my, my newborn uh, to come, you know, to do radio. I love radio, and there's very few things that can pull me away. But um, motherhood is one of them. And with and with that, I needed to look for an opportunity to be able to make a living that was also compatible with being able to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be with the amount of presence in my daughter's life in those first few vital years that I I needed to be. Um, And so I knew that if I left radio, there's not very many things I'd leave it for. But working in the pro-life movement, that was Definitely one of them. Longtime listeners of the show know how passionate I am about the pro-life movement. It's the one thing that I care more about than any other political, cultural issue. It's so dear to me. And I have the opportunity to um, to work to advance the pro-life movement while staying home with Finley. And I could not pass that opportunity up. But with that, I will miss 
I will miss this format. I will miss this career dearly. It's meant so much to me. And the listeners have meant so much to me and I've learned so much. But, you know, sometimes life just throws you a curveball and having a baby was one of those. And so the Lord really opened a door for me to be able to stay home with Finley and still do something I'm super passionate about. So I'll be with the Vitae Foundation, which they advertise a lot with us every year. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so I will likely still have somewhat of a presence on the station, you know, around Vitae events and stuff. But I'm excited for the new the new journey. Well, we're really happy for you. Yeah. Alex. So there you have it. Cass was um she's selling us out for little baby Finley. <laughs> but That's hey, the way I hear I it. saw <laughs> little baby Finley here at the station yesterday because the babysitter dropped her off to Cass. And I tell you what, she is a cute little bundle of joy. And you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy watching her grow up. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> I, I couldn't I wouldn't change this last few years for the world. Yeah. I really would not. I'm gonna say this, Cass. I applaud the decision that you're making because motherhood. I'm, my wife is a professional woman. She's got her degrees and master's degree and could be doing a lot of things, but raising her family and, and putting the family first is there. And I and I'm so happy for you that you have a position that's gonna allow you to be at home with your daughter and still be working in that. I've asked Cass to come in and fill in for me every now and then hopefully we can get her to wake up early in the morning and come in and guest host this thing <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah. so she said that she's willing to do that as well, well yeah, as well we're going to be doing a segment we're going to have her on her and some of the young republicans around the state we're going to start a new segment once a week we'll do that and Cass will be joining us at least once a month on the um segment where we'll be talking yeah. with the young republicans so well thank you so much for that opportunity alex and i will not be a stranger listeners um i've appreciated each and every one of you who tune in every morning and listen to Wake Up Springfield. Well, we're going to miss you, Cass, and yes, happy congrats, for your family, Cass. and congratulations. And so that's the deal. She'll be with us this week, and then um, we will we'll search high and low for a new producer. Oh, wait, this just in? Well, I guess we got producer Frizz. It's gonna be, yeah, we, we're stuck with him. I, th- I think he'll. I think he'll be okay. So there you have it. So gonna miss Cass. So um, let her know. Um, give her some messages. Let her know that you love her. And um, yeah. So last day Friday, by the way. <laughs> Friday of this week. So there you go.